0: Hello, my name is Yemi. And my name is Ichoma, And together we host Africa in My Kitchen, a podcast that is produced by Tunuka Media.
1: This fun podcast explores meals from each
0: country in Africa. We talk about the country, discuss the meal itself, and draw from our experiences to share why we are, or are not, excited about the meal. A new episode airs every two weeks. So join us for the hits, the
1: misses, the laughs, and the cringes as we eat our way across the continent.
0: Come back often, share with your friends, and add the podcast to your regular podcast rotation, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Now, it's time for this week's episode. Hello, it's Ichoma. And Sister Yemi. And... <laughs> <laughs> At least you can make yourself laugh. And Yemi. And we're bringing Djibouti to you today.
0: And here is the Djiboutian proverb for you. A guest who breaks the dishes of his host is not soon forgotten. Have you heard?
1: If you've ever gone to someone's house and broken a dish, and you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And they said, no, it's not a big deal. That's okay. They did not forget. <laughs> and they will never forget. Yeah. Ever. It actually makes me think of, you know how like during your childhood, if you had special China that your parents reserved for when visitors were coming, or when it was Christmas... The one that like the dishes that nobody could touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did. We did have dishes that's almost like Christmas dishes to the extent. I'm fairly certain we had Christmas pots. They were white. They had flowers on the side. Really? Like actual cooking pots? Yes. Stop. I'm not kidding. they were kind of whites with with flowers on the side. And my mom saved them for like Christmas time, usually because they're also really pretty. And so you could use them as serving pots as well. That is um, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we had those in addition to like glasses, and there was this set of cutlery that no one could touch except Christmas time, and usually the visitors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the kids, the children are not allowed. To no, 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 no. Who you, you? Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> what? Drop
1: that glass. Dr- uh, what, take a plastic cup, my friend.
0: In mm, fact, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I do think it's something I would absolutely do.
1: Because I don't need no kids breaking stuff. I don't think I'd buy them. I don't know if I'd buy them and bring them out just for Christmas. Like once a year.
0: Like Man, like. I don't want to deprive myself of good stuff either.
1: If I, to, I don't know. If you want to treat yourself for Christmas, buy yourself a gift. I don't understand. Why, <laughs> why
0: are you buying cutlery to use once a year? because <laughs> like us, a king at Christmas time because Jesus is king. For
1: us, it was like... um. Our cutlery was gold mm-hmm. and it came in like this big checkered box uh, with red velvet lighting. And on the 25th, it would come out and with the ornate stuff. And of course, we couldn't touch it. But then when guests came, that was what they were going to use. And I used to be so confused. I'm like, I don't understand. So once a year, you bring this thing out. We can't touch it. Why are we Why are we living in this house if we cannot enjoy the fruits of this cutlery labor? Why are you bringing outsiders to come in? Is it, is it the
0: fruit of your labor or the fruit of your parents' labor? Well,
1: one. We live in the same house. I have more rights to it than some outsider. Anywho,
0: anywho. (laughs) Anywho, today we are in Djibouti. Djibouti is a relatively small country in East Africa with a population of less than a million people. It is actually in the easternmost part of the continent that is called the Horn of Africa. Djibouti's neighboring countries are Somalia, Ethiopia, and Eritrea and altogether, all four countries make up the Horn of Africa. Djibouti has historically maintained strong ties with the Arabian Peninsula, but it was a French colony till 1977, and so it has two official languages, Arabic and French. There are two major ethnic groups, the Somali and Afar. Both Ethiopian, Yemeni, Italian, and French people also live there, and this diversity has shaped Djibouti's cuisine. Yep. So in Djibouti,
1: you can find flat breads, which is common in that part of the continent. A lot of the bread is made from millet. There's one of it called lahoh, L-A-H-O-H. I think I said that right. You have Halo or halva, which are a variety of sweets that you can also find in the Middle East and South Asia. You also have sambusa, which some people might know as a samosa. It's like a beef samosa. Um, Then there is fafa. Fafa is a stew that you make with vegetables and lamb, goat, or camel. And Djibouti is in an area where there is a lot of spice. And by spice, we don't mean like pepper. So you see a lot of cardamom and cumin and all kinds of spices. And they play a major part in the cuisine. So that brings us to our featured dish, which is Scu de Caris. That name sounds kind of greek to me either.
0: yeah you know the first time we looked this up i thought we were doing was it <laughs> africa like why are we doing a greek food <laughs> so it does sound greek and i think because of the mixed influence they've had over the years there might be some I influence wonder. there in the name
1: yeah maybe and another thing i noticed though it seems there are two ways to describe like to there are two names for the dish there's skudekaris and then there's iskudekaris Mm. So I'm not really sure if there was an evolution somewhere in the name or a change or something like that.
0: Either way, it's a pretty cool name. Yeah, it is. So skudakaris is a flavorful rice and lamb dish. And we mean flavorful. Yeah. The flavorful that we would normally call spicy, we don't mean peppery. So the summary is that if you cook rice in a lamb stew until the rice has absorbed most of all the stew, that is skudakaris. So
1: what goes into scudacares? You have lamb, just cut in small pieces. I believe I used lamb shoulder. I just looked for guys. I went on to get some lamb. Lamb is so expensive. I know it's so. I just found the cheapest cut and it was like, this lamb shoulder on sale, and I was like, yes, because otherwise they'd have made me spend almost thirty dollars buying lamb. So I was yeah. glad to find it. You only need like for this recipe, I think you need like a pound.
0: Honestly, we're being really real with you guys. When things are expensive, we're going to tell you this ingredient was way (laughs) too expensive. We can't be spending money like that, you know. (laughs) Some of us are on some kind of fixed income. So we work with what we got, okay? And what we can afford.
1: (laughs) So yeah, we have your lamb. Then there is rice. You have onions, vegetable oil, and canned tomatoes. There's salt, some black pepper, and some water. The recipe didn't ask for garlic, but I wanted to put garlic in it. Because don't look at me like that. Taste it tasted good. She's giving me a funny look. I just added garlic because it's lamb. And in my mind, lamb and garlic go really well together. So I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to add some garlic. So I added some fresh chopped garlic. And then we had the array of spices that really make the dish. I called them the five C's because I was looking at the list of ingredients. I was like, oh, all these ingredients start with C. So the five C's are uh, cinnamon, cardamom, cumin, cloves, and cayenne. All of this is dried, so they're not pods or anything. They're all ground. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: If you're familiar with those spices, you would appreciate where we're coming from. Where we say we don't mean hot as in peppery, but we just mean there's a lot of spice and flavor in the dish. Exactly.
1: So the recipe asks you to mix the spices together and to saute the onions and add the spices to the onions. So you're not actually seasoning the lamb itself. You're going to add the lamb after that. But... I struggled a lot with that because for me, cooking, you have to flavor everything you can possibly flavor. And a big chunk of that is seasoning the meat. So what I did was when I mixed the five spice blend together, I split it in two and I seasoned, used half to season the lamb and let it sit for a little bit. And then I used the other half when I sauteed the onions. So you saute the onions, you add in the meat, you add in your, your canned tomatoes and your water. You kind of let it cook for a long time and then for a while, sorry, and then you add your rice to it. About how long does it cook for?
0: I believe it cooked
1: for about 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. It said cook for that long until
0: your lamb is tender.
1: My lamb got tender
0: before that. Okay. So that's good to know. Especially because we didn't actually pick up lamb based on the dish, but based on budget. Exactly. That's a good point. So basically you should cook until your lamb
1: is tender. Mm -hmm. And then when your lamb is tender and the sauce is more cooked, you then add your rice. Now, the thing with this was the recipe I used called for half a cup of rice. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do that. I went a little over. And that was because I was trying to find a good picture of scudacaris, And they're actually different kinds. So some are more like soupy than others. So some have a little bit more broth in them. And I was thinking, well, I let's try it where there's a bit more rice. So it's not as brothy because I wasn't sure. So when I added more it took up a lot more of the sauce here's another thing though <sighs> guys we almost had another near miss Oh, well, yummy's eyes just got fat because i'm surprising her again so i made this five spice blend and i had mixed everything together so, okay and i'm going to season the meat and get to it and then I, I don't remember what happened i picked up the plate that I had made the blend in and it fell to the floor and just like scattered everywhere is and,
0: that why we are picking this uh proverb
1: No, that's nothing related to that. Anyhow, I was so angry. I was really, really mad. And then I was like, now I have to do this all again. So I started putting the spices together again because I'd wasted all the stuff on the floor. I had to throw it out. And I was about to add in the last ingredient. And I looked at it. It was supposed to be cayenne. And I saw it was paprika. Girl. It's not my fault. Okay, I have a theory. I think that... Because I grew up cooking. I like to cook. And I grew up cooking without rules. I didn't learn a recipe. I didn't learn to cook with recipes. I just watched people cook and watched my mother. For me, it's like an escape. So I tend to like play around and skip things. Maybe I should read more thoroughly. When it comes to baking, I give baking the respect it deserves. Because Mm -hmm. you can't mess up. Baking is a science. If Mm -hmm. you mess up anything, it'll disgrace you. Like you put it in, it'll absolutely humiliate you. But cooking, you can still salvage. So I think on some unconscious level... There's a level of, not nonchalance exactly, but maybe a little bit careless, the cooking. You guys, calm down. Don't judge me. I'm sure some of you have used the wrong ingredients before. I don't know why.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyhow, luckily, I realized that I had paprika the first time and I switched it out with cayenne. I don't know how much it would have changed the dish. I, I find that paprika is a bit more smoky, mm-hmm. but the um, cayenne is where you have the pepper, the actual heat. So yeah. I don't know. It would have been maybe less peppery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, there is that. Anyhow, to bring it back to the cooking process, we I added the rice and you basically let the rice cook in cook from raw in the sauce until it's well done and then you're good to go.
0: And I don't believe you have to turn it a lot. Just let it sit and cook. Right?
1: If you do that, I would recommend you use a non-stick pot. Okay. Because the thing with rice is that it can, if the pot is like not a non-stick, rice can tend to burn, I mm-hmm. think. But I don't mm-hmm. think you should turn it to really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so use a on stick pot.
0: So, Ijama, what did you think about this meal?
1: I really, really liked it. Actually, it's quite high up there for me. I'm partial to lamb too, so that might be part of it because I found that the flavor of the lamb went into the sauce, mm-hmm. into the stew, I guess. I keep saying sauce. It went into the stew and then into the rice, and it really absorbed it. When you're eating it, you can definitely tell that you're eating a lamb-based dish. It was spicy, like a very flavorful there was like a hint of zing. I don't know the word for it, but the zing of the spice. And I think that came from the cardamom, I think. It was a little bit... There was something about it that was a little bit sweet. I think it was the canned tomato. I wasn't really sure. What. Really? Yeah, because I had someone taste it. I had my roommate taste it. And she said it kind of reminded her of ketchupy rice. In
0: a very old barbecue.
1: There was a hint of sweetness. Maybe
0: barbecue rice? I don't know.
1: I, I think that's, that was part of it. The other thing was... Compared to, say, jollof rice, which I'm more familiar with, which is heavily tomato-based. This is very different, by the way. But it didn't have that acid. Like, almost like that thing in your chest where you feel like you can get heartburn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making any sense to you. Not no? to me, but some, If you eat really, like, spicy jollof rice sometimes, it can almost feel like you're giving you help. But it was a very different flavor for rice. And there was a smokiness that I liked about it. And I suspect, I'm not sure, I suspect it came from the cloves Mm. And I actually want to do a little experiment with clothes to see if this what I'm thinking is going to work is
0: going to work. Okay. Are you going to ask me about that or no? Can I just tell you? I think you can just tell me because I'm.
1: I was expecting her to be like more excited, about I was like, I thought in my mind I was leaving suspense. I was like, oh, suspense, guys.
0: I was like, yo, if you're going to tell me, tell me. What's Fine. all this?
1: <laughs> Fine. So that smokiness. You know, if you're not familiar with Jello fries, it's this. It's a rice cooked in stew that is eaten across a lot of countries in west africa Mm -hmm. and there's always a big fight about where it came from who makes the best one whatever basically don't mess with people's jollof rice they get very upset but when there's something that we call party jollof rice in nigeria oh i see where this is going and party jollof rice i think traditionally this was this name came from when we would have these big parties, and the rice was cooked over firewood. And there's that smokiness that firewood adds to the rice, almost like it's it's not burnt but it's smoky. Mm-mm-mm. And what people, a lot of people do to get that is that they burn the rice. Like if you're cooking here, people will cook it on a very high heat to burn it a little bit and let the smoke of the burn kind of waft through the entire pot, so the bottom is completely burnt. I think that is a waste of rice. I don't know if you've ever I mean if you've cooked jollof rice in a non like in a pot that's not non stick and it's burnt and you have to soak it in water overnight. Mm-hmm. Guys, that thing's a lot of work. Number one. Number two, after you have soaked it, you see when the rice rises, you see how much rice you wasted yeah, by burning. Exactly it breaks it. my heart. So I was thinking that I'm going to next time I make jollof rice, I might add some cloves to see if that gives it a smoky effect. I don't know if it will. Call me. I'll do it in secret.
0: Now, why you tell me? Oh. No, I'll only
1: tell you this is what's going to happen. I'll do it in secret. And if it works, then I'll tell you to come and eat it. <laughs> if it
0: doesn't work, you'll never know that I made it. Yeah, that actually sounds really interesting. Um, what did you like? Or did you like it? Wait, before we even jump into that, what mm-hmm. didn't you like about it? Because I feel like we don't do this sometimes where oh. we both really like a dish. I like it. But I, I-, I really want to hear what you did not like about it. Was there anything about it that you're like, mm, maybe not for me? No. Um, okay.
1: It's not like it's not. It's, it, and the thing is, I feel for me, it's it's hard to keep saying every. I don't understand what you mean. You yeah, because we like it every time. A lot
0: of dishes we like, and it makes sense because if this is a, a national dish or a very popular dish, mm-hmm. this makes sense why it is so good. But yeah. sometimes I feel we say we love dishes so much that there has to be something. Mm, and you're right. There, there usually has to be. But in this
1: particular case, for me, there wasn't anything that I would have changed about it. I actually thought that it was a nice, for me, a nice departure for something quick, easy, and different. Where I could cook something I'm familiar with, rice in a sauce. But I didn't have to watch it as much. And I didn't have to use a lot of pepper. It was just enjoying a variety
0: of spices. So I liked it. And I think... I'm going to piggyback off what you said, because for me, the variety of spices in it that was not pepper Mm -hmm. made the dish for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because usually when you say spicy, you're like, oh, that's pepper. But the variety of flavor actually made it. So in terms of smell, it has a very earthy kind of smell
1: man you should have been there when you mix the spices together and it's frying with the onions oh and go, oh my goodness it's
0: so amazing. it actually amazing it's definitely definitely not jollof rice but it is quite delicious and it is something that it can stand on its own you don't need any soups or stews or anything apart from the main rice mm-hmm. um one thing though it reminded me of party food you know cooking outdoors on a big um fire fire right? And cooking on top of fire, so I was like, "This reminds me of Christmas time with a big pot." And it wasn't the taste; it was just the smell and the flavor that just brought a lot of good memories yes, back for yes. me.
1: Let's clarify: Yami did not grow up in their house cooking over firewood. No, no, no. no we, we, we just want to make. We just thought we'd throw that out there: is grill or charcoal fire? I don't it
0: know. Is, it is, but at the same time, the way our house growing up was. um, Usually, what happens is at Christmas time or something like that, when you're having more guests, there is this gigantic silver pot that has three legs. Uh, going. Yes. So it has three legs, and then my mom had it again Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so true. It, we will put up a picture on the blog because I feel like some of you need to see what exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so when you cook in that, there's that smell and flavor. That can only come because I remember for the longest time, especially with like older people, there's always an argument that when you cook over a firewood, it tastes so much better than when you cook it over a gas stove or an electric stove. So that smell, that feeling, that earthiness was something that it reminded me of. It reminded me of good times, it reminded me of Christmas with my family and my friends and everyone being around. And, you know, it made me happy. I really liked that. The one thing I didn't quite enjoy about the meal, and to be honest, it almost feels like I'm picking on it because, yeah, it almost feels like I'm picking on it, but I do have to, you know, say it with my chest, but um, the one thing that I didn't quite like was that because the meal was cooked with lamb, and lamb is very fatty, I personally do not like the taste when you eat meat, so the white part that has the fat, I don't like what that tastes like. And I always feel like when you chew into it, it has like a layer of film or something like that, that leaves in your mouth. And so some of that, in my opinion, kind of transcended and entered into the rice. So by the time I was done eating the rice, I had that almost like fatty layer feeling in my mouth. Now don't get it twisted. I went back for seconds, but you know, that was the only thing that I will throw out there that I was like, Hey, eh, not a fan of that, but, honestly at this point i feel like i'm picking on it to oh, be fair
1: because club yeah foolish goods it was perfect <laughs> There's nothing it wrong was, with it it was
0: pretty darn good it was pretty darn good <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay guys thank you for joining us and listening in shoot us a note if you're familiar with scooter caris or if you try it out or if you just want to say hi we'll, we'll listen to you too. we want to hear from you we would love to hear from you actually in the meantime we are packing our bags in djibouti and heading north can you guess where we're going next? <laughs> Thank you for listening, friends. As a reminder, the podcast is released every two weeks.
0: Follow Tunuka Media on social media, including Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, to connect with us and be on the forefront of upcoming shows and program schedules. Links are in the show notes.
1: Africa in My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, follow my page 234pantry for more food-related content and fun facts about dishes and ingredients.
0: Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host, with more shows on the way. Like and subscribe, and if you learn something new, support the show by giving Africa in My Kitchen a high rating wherever you listen. This helps the show grow and gets more people just like you to learn also. So until next time... Bye!